Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the fifth down. My, I am Jose, and with me tonight are Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? What's going on? How much? Spring is in the air. Excited for the uh, the signings for my team, Washington football team. Uh, we just yeah, signed Curtis Samuel. So I'm excited. And and I mean, and the beard. The beard is coming to town. It's magic. Oh, it's magic. You exactly. know. It's my guy. Yeah, I love that guy, man. I miss him in Tampa. But, you know, we got, we got Tom Brady, so we're okay. <laughs> yeah, you guys are good. <laughs> Brad, I mean, uh, you, guys, uh, you guys have the highest paid uh, lineman in the league now. Yeah, you know, the silverback, um, you know, by, by cool 10K, um, <laughs> you know, uh, linemen don't grow on trees. And if you have a left tackle, tackled the caliber of a, of a Williams, you sort of have to pay him money. Yeah. And you know, if I were um, Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever is a starting quarterback, I'd also buy him a lot of steak dinners um, throughout the summer, you know, just build that, build that, you know, that love with the big man. Cause he's yeah. the one that, that keeps you upright. Yeah. we also did sign a re-sign Kyle Hughes check to a, pretty good chunk of money and i believe debo was recently signed um don't know the exact details on debo samuel but yeah um you know it's right around that time period where you got to pay your guys and that's what san francisco's doing yeah free agency has been hot guys um uh it just started and man new england has been on fire um i'll start with you jenny have you been surprised by how active bill belichick has been in free agency this year uh, not really. I think uh, last year uh, he was handcuffed um, due to uh, not having the the cap room and salary uh, needed to uh, upgrade um, the uh, the positions that they needed to. Um, they were seven and nine last year with a with with a really bad team, and now he has pretty much um, given Cam Newton uh, all the weapons uh, he needs. Hunter Henry. Um, Jonu Smith, uh, Nelson Aguilar, um, just a bunch of guys who, uh, who, who uh, are young, who uh, can make plays. And obviously uh, on the defensive side, uh, they've upgraded as well. So um, I think uh, Bill Belichick has heard all the criticism that he, he wasn't the genius to, uh, to all the Super Bowl victories and Tom Brady uh, deserved mu- uh, much more credit. And I think that irked him. And uh, this is his answer to those naysayers. And uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I don't know how it's going to mix. Um, I think they're going to be a lot better. Uh, but, you know, you still have the Buffalo Bills in that division. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, in terms of um, grading wise, I'd probably give them a B so far in terms of what they've done with free agency. Brad, and what do you think of um, of a guy the caliber of Patrick Peterson um, only getting a one-year deal from Minnesota and Arizona not trying harder to retain his services? I mean, he, you know, just, uh, what was it, two years ago when, when he was unhappy with his uh, contract and tried to um, request a trade and 
he was uh they they refused to trade him because he was the the top corner in the league and just two years later he's let go for for a one-year deal um did, did his play really take that much of a hit in 2020 Honestly, I think it did. When you take a look at secondary players, corners, safeties, they really fall off a cliff extremely fast. Um, you're, you're in a league where they, where name recognition will only get you so far, and they start taking a look at how many big plays you give up, how you are in man or zone coverage. And Patrick Peterson, he, he, he wasn't what he was uh, to warrant that kind of contract. Um, I think Minnesota got a great deal from it um and if he's able to prove his worth you know minnesota can can sign him to something much more lucrative or another team um you unfortunately that's the way it is Uh, you'd expect a name like patrick peterson to command more respect out there in the open market but it didn't um i think we all saw the same thing last year with uh, xavier rhodes he he had great years in uh in minnesota but we all knew how bad that defense was and you know, knew it. Um, the, the Indianapolis Colts rebuild, and he sort of added, he added more years to his career with how well he performed last year. And you hope that Patrick Peterson can do the same. And, you know, let's talk about my Bucks. I mean, you know, um, you, you, you specifically, Brad, mentioned that you didn't think they would be able to retain all of their top players. But up to now, you know, they've been able to bring back all of them. Of course, Chris Godwin, it was via the franchise tag, and um, Levante David via team-friendly two-year deal. But they were able to pay. They were able to figure out the cap situation to pay um, um, Shaq, Shaq Barrett, and then they also took care of Gronk. Um, do you guys do Do you guys think that they will also be able to bring back Antonio Brown and uh, and Dominic Sue? Um, if they are, kudos to that front office um, for, for j- the job that they're doing. I know that Tom Brady, they, they reworked his contract for, what, four years? Don't even know how that works out. But, yeah, kudos to the front staff for working all of the, that out. To field a Super Bowl team, you sort of have to have, you know, an office that can that can put the talent and get the paychecks out there. And that's what they're doing. Um you know, it, it's sort of interesting. I think one of the other ones that I'm trying to take note of is um, is what they're going to do with their running back room. I think that's right right now where my eyes are at um, for that organization. Yeah, playoff Lenny's still out there. Jimmy, yeah, if you had the choice between someone like James White and Playoff Lenny, what would you do? I would probably go with James White because he's going to be more, uh, less expensive. And he's very familiar with Tom Brady. Um, and I, I think that was missing in their offense last year was a, a catch passing back. Um, I think running back is, is a position that's easily filled, especially in the draft. So if they lose Leonard Fournette, I don't think it's going to be that big of a loss. Um, my prediction is that he's going to uh, going to walk and he's going to go where the money is. Um, but I, I think if they have a chance to get a guy like James White, I, I think they should go for it. And when we look at the rest of free agency, have there been other um, surprises so far? I mean, we saw Curtis Samuel get, you know, uh, 34 million over three years. Um, Taysom Hill got his contract reworked to a four-year $140 million deal. That's not really a $140 million deal. 
Um, what has kind of caught you guys by surprise so far in free agency? Um, really how some of the big names are still out there. Um, I, I didn't think we would, it would take this long for some of these names, but you know, uh, salary cap restrictions of um, cap has been reduced. I think teams are still trying to figure it out and try to figure out the draft. So I think there's more on the, on the table for some of these offices. Yeah, nothing, nothing surprised, surprised me. So except for the, um, the Andy Dalton to Chicago, that was kind of surprising that, um, that, that was Chicago's, um, answered to the quarterback position. Uh, they might draft someone in the, in the draft who knows, but if that's their answer going into the season, I'm, I, I don't think it's going to be a good answer. Um, actually, you know what? Indianapolis is, is actually shocking to me that they have all that money and they haven't used it yet. Um, but I think they're going to use it on their current players that they have on the roster right now. So, um, but other than that, I mean, nothing really has uh, stuck out to me. I mean, the, what stuck out to me the most is Juju Smith-Schuster still being out there. You know, like the way uh, even three years ago, you know, you would have thought he would have been a premier free agent. Um, we know a couple of years ago he had injuries. This past year he had a, he had a pretty good year, but he kind of got outshined by, um, by Chase Claypool and um, Deontay Johnson. So that might have hurt his stock slightly, but you – a lot considered uh, a lot of people consider him to be the premier option in free agency him and uh, Kenny Galladay and they're still both out there is there do you guys think it's more injury concern or uh, more on the case of Kenny Galladay and then in the case of Juju maybe it's um, worries over him being more of a slot receiver than a number one no, I mean, when, when you're trying to pick up Juju, you, you already have a role envisioned and you already know if he's going to fit into, you know, your offensive scheme. I, I think what it's just coming down to is teams figuring out what they want to do with this free agency and draft. Um, you know, the budget isn't there. They really need to pinch their pennies. Um, it's just figuring out what they have available to them and what's out there. I think both players will be signed uh, and... I wouldn't be surprised if they already had offers on the table that, but they just didn't field them. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised as well. Um, I think they thought the, the, the money on the market was going to be higher, obviously with uh, Allen Robinson and, and um, uh, Godwin getting uh, uh, franchise tagged. Um, they didn't really get a feel for the market. So um, I think they're going to um, make, make a deal within the next couple of days for them. Um, but, um, but they're just filling out their offers and seeing what's, what's the best deal available for both of them. Yeah. And I mean, just go back to Juju Smith-Schuster and the Steelers. Um, they've actually been pretty surprising in this free agency. Um, they let Bud Dupree go. Um, the, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alejandro Villanueva, James Conner, they're still out there. I mean, they're losing out on a lot of talent and Roethlisberger is only going to be there a year and it, they're sort of in this weird limbo situation. I don't know what to make of them in this offseason. Um, all of that can be rectified in the, in the draft, but it is, has been very weird for them. 
Yeah, definitely has. And then um, the Raiders have also been a very active team. You know, they um, they let Nelson Aguilar go in free agency. Um, and then they traded away two of their starting um, offensive linemen, Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson. Um, you guys have mentioned that, you know, offensive linemen don't grow trees. Junie, it's not like Oakland was or Las Vegas was one of the better protected teams. Would you have traded two of your starting offensive linemen um, without having capable replacements? Um, I, I, I wouldn't, but John Gruden, they say is the type of guy that uh, falls in love with players and then he falls out of love with players very fast. So I'm not surprised that this happened. Um, they did sign uh, Incognito. They re-signed him. They also re-signed uh, Denzel Good. Um, but yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, their tackle positions, I'm, I'm very surprised um, in the sense that they didn't have any replacements. Um, they did sign Ngakwe, which is a good signing. Um, Two-year, uh, $26 million. I think that was a good deal Surprising how them. low the deal was. because Very surprising. Because yeah. when, you know, when Jacksonville traded him away, it's because they weren't willing to give him that big five, six-year deal. Then he was traded to Minnesota. Minnesota struggled. So then they traded him to Baltimore. You would have thought one of those teams would have surely given him that, that big money. But um, is he another casualty of the current cap situations in the NFL? It's looking like that. And... I'm surprised that Las Vegas actually signed him. When you take a look at the Rodney Hudson trade, they actually lost money on that. Uh, I mean, if they're trying to save money, you don't, I don't understand how you can trade Rodney Hudson and sign Yannick Ngakwe and, and what you're doing with the rest of the team. Um, you know, great pickup, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And then they replaced uh, Nelson Aguilar with uh, John Brown who, yeah. you know, sol solid wide receiver, if healthy. He wasn't very healthy last year, though, so they will have to watch out for that because they don't have very much wide receiver depth either. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they did have uh, two two wide receivers that they liked in the draft last year. Um, uh, we got, There was a kid from Alabama, and um, I forgot the name of the other wide receiver. But, yeah, they, they definitely have talent out there that if they can turn it around, they can make something of it. They did sign your boy, Brad, Solomon Thomas. One-year yeah. deal. Mm -hmm. Five mil. He's, it's a good pickup if, if he can fit the scheme. I definitely feel he was – I know that you guys – that the Niners have been very good at drafting defensive linemen. He has definitely been the most disappointing of the last um, few – top draft picks that they've had at that position because when you compare them to bosa to uh to king law to to buckner like he he definitely uh is a big drop off compared to those guys so i don't think you guys are going to be too sad to see him go other than for the depth he provided at that position yeah um he's definitely a great piece i, I think he'll work out for uh for the raiders um yeah, definitely expected a lot more from him. But, you know, the best of luck to him. And I thank him for what he did in uh, in the Bay. And, Jenny, you briefly mentioned uh, William Jackson, too, um, getting a four-year deal from uh, the Washington football team. Or, I'm sorry, a three-year deal, $42 million. Think he's worth it? I think he's worth it. Uh, young guy, 
He's only 28 years old, uh, six feet, 196 pounds. Um, he's a, uh, a man to man corner, which is something that we need. Uh, very good in terms of tackling. Um, I think he's going to help that defense, especially, um, on the back end because the front end's already booked. It's already solid. Um, now adding him with fuller, um, is going to be a very good combo in terms of our cornerback uh, position. All right. And before we move on to this uh, interesting uh, the Sean Watson situation, I do want to touch a little more on the Chicago Bears. Um, you got you, you sure got to hope that they have a something up their sleeves with this draft, because there is no way you can sell that fan base on the way we're going to get through those bad years with Mitchell Trubisky, the bad trade for for Nick Foles is by signing Andy Dalton. That's our solution to you guys. We're going to bring you guys that quarterback. Like, that cannot be the answer. There is no way that that can be the way that you rectify all the years of just bad quarterback play with that franchise. I mean, man, hopefully, you know, there's someone in the first round there eyeballing or there's a trade brewing something because there is no fucking way that Andy Dalton can be the solution. I mean, we saw what he what he was able to do with all the weapons he had at his disposal in Dallas, which wasn't much. Now in Chicago on a team where his only weapon is Allen Robinson. Um, yeah, like, do you guys really think that this is the plan? No. I mean, it's evident based off of the contract that they gave him that, you know, it's a one-year deal. We know it's not the plan. They know it's not the plan. It's it's just, you know, something to keep in mind back there. Dallas signed Andy Dalton for a reason. And, you know, barring injury, we he wouldn't have played a game for them. I, I think it's the same thing you know, for Chicago. Chicago was a team. They're playing quarterback carousel throughout last season. You know, uh, with Foles and Trubisky, um, I I think it's more or less insurance. It's very expensive insurance. Um, I I don't think this is the answer moving forward. Um, but you know, like you said, there's still the draft, and there's there's still trades that can happen. I I think Plan A was to trade for uh, Mister Unlimited, but uh, obviously that trade uh, fell through. The three ones. Uh, one, two, and then two starting uh, caliber players. I mean, I think that that trade would have destroyed their franchise. Um, so I think it was a blessing in disguise that it didn't happen. But I think, uh, like what Brad said, this is a, an insurance plan for if they don't get, um, you know, their plan B or plan C um, in, in the draft. Uh, I mean, I'm not a fan of it. Um, they, you know, Allen Robinson is their only weapon um, that they have on the outside. And uh, I, th I think they're going to, uh, you know, I think next year is going to be very bad for them. I hope so, because the Bears suck. But, you know, sucks for their fan base. Um, anyways, moving on. Um, man, you know, just when we thought Deshaun Watson had um, all the leverage in these trade talks, um, he gets hit with uh, two civil lawsuits um, alleg alleging uh, sexual misconduct with um, – masseuses um and this apparently occurred on separate occasions um one of them alleged that 
when she was working out of her home, when she came back into the room, he only had a small towel covering his groin area. So you guys can picture where he had that. Um, yeah, that doesn't sound very good for him. Um, now, of course, these are civil lawsuits. So, you know, he's going to lose some money, which I don't think will be a problem. But the PR hit is the, the problem. Um, in today's age, you know, these type of allegations are not seen very well. Um, and they're not received very well. And rightfully so. So does this take all the leverage away from him and and his desire to leave Houston? Uh, I don't I don't think it, it does. Uh, um, obviously, you know, he's innocent until proven guilty. Um, I think we have to uh, let the details come out. Um, all he wanted was a happy ending. And uh, um, I guess he wanted it three times. So uh, but. Other than that, I mean, we, we just got to let the details come out and see what happens. But um, in terms of his value, I don't think his value goes down um, unless something uh, drastic happens where it's like the, you know, rest in peace, Kobe. I mean, if it's if it's like a Kobe situation, you know, yeah. then it changes with with the rape allegations. But uh, it doesn't sound like that here. Yeah. And, and, and to me, I, I don't think it hurts his leverage at all. Remember, this is the same league that with video footage of Ray Rice assaulting someone in an elevator, he still got paid. OK, this is also the same league that that allowed, you know, um, uh, Ray. Yeah. Kareem Hunt. Listen, this league does it time and time and again. If you're good. Joe enough, Mixon. Yeah. If you're good yeah. enough, the league doesn't care. And guess what? Deshaun Watson is good enough. Uh, and while he may not have gotten that happy ending, he's still hoping that a trade is going to result in a happy ending in another city. Because just like the, the, this, these masseuses, there was no happy endings for him in Houston. And let, let's be honest, like uh, the, the allegations occurred in March and August before the NFL season started. He should have been fully aware that this was something that was going to pop back up again. And Deshaun Watson sort of knew about it. He may have warned um, um, his lawyers, but he's still going to get paid. Yeah, he's probably just hoping this doesn't get stretched out. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's still going to happen, but, you know, uh, we'll see. He's still going to get, you know, he, he's trying to get that Patrick Mahomes money, that half billion, Okay. Yeah, I mean, he got a pretty good deal this this time around, but he's probably hoping his next contract is that Mahomes type money. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, so hopeful, hope for all the best from, you know, if he does get, you know, to um, get his wish and um, get traded to the team that he wants to go to. It sounds like Carolina is going to give him all the happy endings he wants. So, Oh, yeah, they'll pro- you know, they'll, they'll probably – Hire only masseuses that are fans of <laughs> of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's bizarre and intriguing, and it definitely adds to the offseason, but it's going to be overshadowed with the draft and more free agency. Yeah. It's the new cycle, you know? That's very true. And now moving on, you know, it's also March, which means March Madness. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Cause we haven't had one in two years. Uh, last year it was suspended due to COVID. Um, so this is the first one in two years. It gets started tomorrow with the, 
the the last four end games. Um, but just looking at the the table in general, who who do you think, Junie? Who is your Cinderella pick to kind of make that surprising run? My Cinderella pick is Georgetown, um, just because I'm uh, hometown biased. Patrick Ewing, uh, they're ranked 12th. Um, and I, I think they got really good momentum, especially winning the uh, Big East tournament. Um, I think they can definitely uh, have a, a, a good chance of, uh, of, of getting high into, into the uh, Sweet 16, uh, Elite Eight, or even maybe the Final Four. What about you, Brad? Who is your Cinderella? Oh, this one's easy. We all know it is the boys in Southern California, the University of Southern California, six seed. Um, you know, you, I mean, Evan Mobley, I think they got something brewing. Um, they do present a lot of challenges in the, for a lot of teams in the tourney. Um, but, you know, having, they're, they're, they're coming out West and if they make it all the way to the final four, you know, to the lead eight, they're going to have to go up against Gonzaga and Gonzaga has clearly been the best team this whole season. That should be interesting. Um, but yeah, USC six, I, I, I think they're, they're not really a dark horse candidate per se, because they are fairly highly rated. Um, but if I had to pick someone, uh, someone else, you know, someone in the double digit range, Oh, you know, that one would be tough for me, but I, I think I'd have to go with a team like Oregon State and uh, Vatek. Those two teams stand out to me, and I like their I like their first seat, their first matches. For me, my Cinderella pick. I mean, they're a ninth seed, but um, it would be uh, Loyola Chicago. Um, you know, I, I think because we haven't had a tournament in two years, we forget the amazing run they made as an 11 seed um, two years ago. And, oh, they're actually an eight seed, not a nine seed. They played Georgia Tech in the first round, but I definitely expect them to get by that game and upset Illinois in the second round. And the reason why is Sister Jean. She is vaccinated, and she is going to get to travel with Loyola. So with Sister Jean there to cheer them on, there is no one that can uh, break that uh, that Cinderella run this year. You know, last time, you know, it got cut short. This year, I think they'll be cutting some nets. You know, it's 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 their time to shine with Sister Jean there. I, you know, it's their it's their year. Um, but you know, if I had to pick um, some double digit teams, um, George Georgetown would definitely be the the one that would come to mind. The run they had in the in the Big East tournament reminds me of the run that Kemba Walker and, and UConn had um, back in 2011, where they're much like Georgetown, they were not meant to make the tournament. They, they were, they, they, they had a poor season, but they got hot and they went all the way as an 11 seed. Georgetown is a 12 seed, you know, um, they, they're the hottest team right now in the tournament. And I don't think Colorado's very happy to be the 15th, fifth seed stuck playing them. Also look up for uh, San Diego state. Uh, they were 23 and four this season. 
Um, they're the sixth seed and they're on a 14 game winning streak right now. So I think they, they have a good chance to do a lot of damage in the tournament. Yeah. I mean, tournaments can be interesting. The other, the other thing looming over our heads is actually COVID. Um, don't really know what's going to happen if one of these teams pops positive with a COVID test. Um, you know, do they have enough players to field? Does the team get a buy? Uh, the domino effect would be crazy and be very unfortunate if one of these teams ultimately came to an end like that. I'm hoping for, you know, a smooth play through all the way into the national championship where I am predicting USC. No, I'm joking. I'm picking Gonzaga to win it all. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully it all goes smooth for everyone. Yeah, you know, Kansas has already been hit. You know, they, they I believe they have four players now traveling with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the women's tournament, um, Coach Gino is not going to get to travel with the UConn girls, you know, and I mean, that's a big loss for them, their coach. So yeah, COVID is probably the biggest enemy of this tournament. Um, all it takes is one positive case and it could force the team out. Um, I believe today tonight was deadline for any potential replacement teams um, going in. So after tonight, it would just be a forfeit of, of a game. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, who do you guys see as a potential disappointment team? Like kind of like a team with a high C that might see an early exit. Ooh, um, for me, um, it's actually Colorado and Florida State. Like you guys said, Georgetown, they're not an easy out. Um, and they're five and four seeds. I just think they they didn't have the best seeding. I think they probably would have done a whole lot better in a different bracket than the East. Um, Georgetown is definitely a tough, tough first game for Colorado. Uh, for me, it's probably going to be Michigan. Um, I honestly haven't watched them at all this year. I know Jawan Howard is coaching them. Um, I know they lost their last game. Uh, but if I had to guess, it would be Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I think I think another good candidate would be um, Kansas for the reasons that I spoke of earlier, that they're already going to be traveling without four other players regardless of whether, you know, their main starters or not, like that's still less depth on your team. Um, and in a, in a, in a tournament like this, you need all the depth possible because you get in foul trouble and you have a shortened roster that that's going to make it tough, especially if games go into overtime. And I also look at, um, at a team like, like Illinois. Um, I think that, they, they had a good year, but they still don't convince me. Um, I don't think they score enough points. And, I and you know, Virginia is the perfect example of uh, what happens when the opponent gets just hot enough and, you know, you, you don't score enough um, on a regular basis and you don't have an answer for that. That's why, that's why Virginia got upset as a, as a, as a one seed three years ago and that's why Illinois maybe not in the first round but that's why I feel like they face some um, potential danger against a team like uh, Loyola in the second round 
because you 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 can't just rely on defense in the tournament. You also need to be able to provide just that that little extra. Um, and now let's pick a winner. Who do we think is going to win the tournament? I mean, I already said it. I have Gonzaga over Illinois in the uh, championship game. Um, you know, other team. I also have uh, Baylor and Alabama making it to the final four. Um, but yeah, I'm picking Gonzaga to win it all. I think they're clearly the best team in the nation. I'm going to go with a sleeper team, another sleeper team, the 10th seed. I'm going to go with Maryland. I don't know who they're going to play, but I know they're playing uh, Connecticut in the in the first round, uh, but I'm going to go with Maryland. I'm going to go with the Houston Cougars. They have a good team. Um, they proved it all season. Um, they have some, uh, some good guys on their team, like Quentin Grimes, um, Reggie Cheney, you know, they have, they have some good depth and, um, they're like a heavy junior senior squad. So they're very experienced. They, two years ago, they made a good run. And I think this year they're going to finish the job. I, you know, I'd love to see Gonzaga win, but I don't know, something always just seems to get in their way. And I think this time around, it's going to be Houston. So I pick Houston to, to win it all. But, you know, everybody get excited. It's March Madness. I hope, you know, I hope we get all the upsets in the world. I hope that it's like no number one seeds in the final four. I hope it's like all like 11 and eight and nine seeds because that's the beauty of this tournament. It's that um, to all these schools, they had good years for the most part. You know, they won their conferences. They were ranked at one point. You you get the you get a Georgetown here and there that snuck in by having a a great um, conference tourney, and that that's the beauty of this um of this tournament. So let's just hope that you know it's fun, it's exciting, and that that COVID doesn't affect it too much. Yeah, well said. Um, should be an interesting one. I think everyone is excited to actually watch it this year. Yeah. And before I go, I hope Marquette fires their fucking coach for not for for just sucking dick and not having us in the tournament. But other than that, I hope all, all the teams have fun. <laughs> all, right. all right, everybody. Have a great one. This is the fifth down. Yes. Be safe out there, all right? Wear your masks. Tip your waiters. Get vaccinated. Later. Later.